Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. All right. Well, if you are uh, new to our community, we've had a lot of you guys joining recently. Feel free to uh, say hello in the chat box. I'd love to welcome you here and give you a little bit of a brief overview on what you can expect uh, from me and from us and inside this community. Uh, generally speaking, you'll see uh, two of us, at least on the Tuesday live calls. That's myself and my brother. Uh, my name is Guy. And along with Elon, we are the co-founders of Satori Prime. Elon is on the slopes, I believe in Colorado somewhere, uh, skiing with his family. So I'm uh, soloing this week uh, and he definitely deserves some time off. We've been going at it pretty hard the last few weeks. Um, if you're here, uh, hopefully you're here because you're interested in uh, personal transformation. And that could be really anything in your life from just the way that you feel about yourself, internal compassion, forgiveness, to going to crush it in your business, uh, to mending and repairing relationships. And even deeper, what we're going to talk today about is this really importance about our nervous system health, about the energetic component of the body, which is often... Uh, left to the side in much training out there in personal development. So much of it is really heady and trying to change your paradigms and gain new insights. And while that stuff is, is super useful and functional, and we, we even teach that stuff uh, at our level one work, um, we really want to start investigating this deeper knowledge and wisdom that we have gained over these last 20 years of, of doing some really incredible work at the subtle energy level of the body, because we want to understand that our mind is really a reactive machine to what's happening inside the body. And so if we want to repair um, our mind for good, we want to actually repair stuff inside of the system. So we want to talk about how to do that, uh, why that's important. Again, why so many um, teachers or coaches out there, they actually don't even know that this exists yet. And it's really at the forefront of the work that we're doing today because we've had the honor and privilege of working with some of these incredibly talented um, energetic healers. And when we think about that, we think of like hands-on work instead of thinking about a person who's, you know, sat in the cave and gotten trainings from, you know, people who've investigated that for 40, 50 years and some of the ways that those type of teachings and that type of wisdom school are teaching us today to really repair what's happening in our system, not just manage better, cope better. And so today's really about the healing process, not about managing, not about coping, not about achieving, not about becoming better, but understanding that this under undertone of you is really what's going to determine everything, all, the whole quality of your, of your life and your experience. And so we really want to point to that quite a bit. Um, again, if you're new here, uh, some things that you could be taking advantage of if you haven't already. Um, as of the last few weeks, if you've opted into our list, most likely you do have our uh, 28 day meditation. But if for any reason you don't, you can scan that with your phone um, or go to soulsandseekers.com forward slash freedom and sign up for a 28 day meditation challenge. 
I definitely recommend that you do this, especially if you're new to our community. Um, this is less about, again, understanding insights and having stuff like that, but having a direct experience with yourself that can be extensively healing and transformative to your experience. So even if you do nothing with us, if you do no um, ongoing education with our community in any shape and form, we'd love for you to at least take this resource uh, home with you and practice these four meditations over the four weeks that we give you. And we call these active healing meditations. So if you have tried to quiet your mind or sit in silence and it's so not for you, you don't worry about that. These are active. You actually participate in the meditation and we are going to point to a higher level consciousness that you can go into in order to actually begin healing some of these things that we're going to talk about today. Um, and it's important to understand that to heal yourself is not a insight based technology. It's actually a direct experience technology, more like a experiencing love or well-being or you know anything else that we try to use words to articulate but is really a fundamentally personal experience so please take advantage of that um, and then i'll kind of give you more resources and things that you can uh, learn about us along the way as we go here so let's talk about your nervous system okay let's talk about uh somatic healing let's talk about repair and again i, I kind of mentioned this but you know, why, why is this so crucially important? And so let me give you a quick map here and, and the way that I've learned about it and come to understand it. And this is why uh, if you look at the way that we structure our programs, it will become really clear as to why we've set up our level one, level two, and level three the way that they are. Ultimately, our hope, our dream for you as an individual or as a collective that's watching us, that's participating in the work that we're doing here is that you get access to an extremely high level of healing. And when you begin to heal, this uh, has you remember aspects of yourself that have been covered up or defended for a very, very long time. And as a side effect of doing healing work, there are certain gifts that are hidden in plain sight for humanity that we are not using, we're not articulating through. And these are uh, phenomenal gifts that help us attune to ourselves and to other people around us in such a profound way that the attunement itself can create healing for yourself and healing for others. And in our point of view is the undertone of what needs to happen for uh, our, trans our society to come out of this kind of, you know, slumber that we've been in, this um, suffering that we've been in. And it's beautiful to watch the impact that this has on people, even if they just get a little bit of it, which is why I'm pointing you over to those meditations again, because those meditations have that technology built into them. And um, a lot of people will come to us and they want to understand everything, right? Like they want us to take 20 years of work and to just immediately disseminate it into their brain. So they have all this wisdom. And the truth is, is that wisdom is earned. It's not understood. Okay. Wisdom is what happens when you apply certain exercises, philosophies, and practices to your life. You grapple with them and you see how they impact yourself and others. And in that impact and that direct experiencing of applying this kind of work, you come to truths within your own experience. And that's fundamentally really important because a lot of people will take programs and courses and they will give away their autonomy and authority to a teacher, a guru, something. And then they think that, oh, it's this teacher, it's this guru that is giving me these insights, that is giving me this experience. And I look at Elon and myself more of, as guides to your own awareness. I want to help you map your own awareness so that your own awareness can be the teacher. Okay. Because when you would locate this awareness that I'm talking about, one of the things that you will notice over time is that the awareness itself literally teaches itself. It's like God looking at God and God speaking to God. It's like, so all the information, all the experiences that you will ever need or need to know about are within this awareness. And there's something um, just extremely beautiful about locating this and then becoming aware of this phenomena because you start realizing that the most authentic thing that can come through is going to come through through your own intuition is going to come through the own the guidance systems that your uh your body and energetics are aligned to and so you no longer have to rely on an outside source to ask a question or to get feedback on because when you sit in this space when you go to this other state of consciousness it really all becomes available to you 
And so prior to, um, yeah, first of forever's asking about the meditations, you can either scan that with your phone or go to soulsandseekers.com forward slash freedom and register for that 28 day meditation challenge. Okay. So prior to locating this awareness, uh, you're always going to look for some external thing, right? You're going to look for the teacher. You're going to look for the books. You're going to look for the courses. And at some point in your development, that may be important. It may be important to place the ego to the side and subtly give away this knowingness so that you can let something else into your experience. But what we always want to point back at, and this is what's so important. And, and to me today, I would not work with a teacher that didn't do this we always want to point back at your own awareness. We always want to point back at what we call the ground of your own awareness as the fundamental best teacher that you have. Because there's every other stream that you get, even any pointers you get from me are, are distorted. I'm not in your body. I don't have your direct experience. I don't know exactly what's happening for you. I have been able to find patterns and energetic patterns and systems and certain philosophies and practices that let me attune to your system probably in ways that you've never experienced before and i'll say more about that in a little bit however i'm still not having your experience and so you use the guidance of other people's awareness to find it but once you map your own awareness it is like what we tell our students, it's like finding out that you are the best video game on planet Earth. Boredom is no longer a thing. Standing on lines can be pleasurable. Sitting on a park bench, you don't need to pull out your phone. Because what you start to understand is that the view within yourself, this look inside, is the most breathtaking, awe-striking uh, unfoldment of life evolving within you. And the secrets of the universe literally live within you. So if you want to know what's happening up there, you can go deep within or you can look out there to understand things deep within. But, you know, basically everything in our universe is just bigger and smaller scales of the same thing over and over again. And so if you sit in, in very long periods of time of silent meditation, you come to some profound truths about the, the anatomy of how reality came into being and how your uh, physiology came into being. And it, again, it's just awareness revealing these things many of the great ancient traditions of the past came from exactly these kind of practices in today's world people are massively distracted right uh notifications social media um you know dumb things that we're wasting our our, our energy and time into instead of looking within for this you know quote-unquote nirvana that that can really begin to express itself now, so something magical begins to happen when you take this interview. And in my personal opinion, there's going to be a number of things clearly that happen in the century. We're going to see the rise of technologies like uh, AI, free energy, um, quantum physics and, and uh, quantum computing. And, you know, like we're just starting to see scratch the surface of that. It's both e extremely exciting for those of you guys who are into it like me and fundamentally totally terrifying because we don't really know what this is going to do, how this is going to evolve and, and change our psychology. Um, is this going to be a tool that manipulates us? Is this going to be a tool that frees us? We, we honestly don't know. And I think it can potentially be all those things, right? So the one thing that we can always come back to is our inner experience. And, and just in the chat box, how many of you guys, whether it's in your relationships, uh, whether it's in your business right now, whether it's just in your own mindset and personal experience, know that there's something deep, deep, deep that you want to heal. Like you have been dragging this part of you around and it has implications. It has an impact on you. It has an impact on other people. And you just keep seeing this pattern show up in, in different ways in your life over and over again. And it's like, you've just had it, you know, enough already. How many of you guys can relate to that in a chat box? Say I. And if not, you can tell me why not, like what's going on for you, because you're here for a reason, I imagine. I'll take a drink while you guys say that. Yeah, so we got Lisa saying, yep, uh, 100,000 million times yes, 100%, yes me. So I imagine it's relatable to most of us that we are stuck in some kind of a loop, yeah? I'm gonna, like you feel... Like you keep doing these things and yet different variations of the same kind of thing keep showing up. Even if it's not the exact same thing, 
It's like you leave a relationship, you find the same person, you leave that job, you go to another one, the boss is the same. You feel victimized by the same type of stuff, the same kind of things get you angry. And if it's not the thing being said, it's like the undertone of it always feels the same. You know, if you're like in a argument with your spouse, like you might be arguing about different things, but it's like that energy that's there. If you really tune in, it's like it's always kind of the same. And you know how that's going to go. Like you're going to say this, they're going to say that. And it's like three hours of whatever conversation. You don't even know what's happening. And then you kind of loop back around. You're like, what the hell did we talk about? Nothing got resolved here. Then it's like a week or two for everyone to kind of calm down, you know, from from that energy. And eventually it's like you didn't really resolve it, but it's not really there until the next situation happens and then boof, it pops up again. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's these loops. And so the first thing we want to recognize about a loop in a life, in your life, in anybody's life, in my life, is that without taking some form of personal responsibility for that loop, the loop is just going to keep happening. Okay. And I, and I get that it's really, really, really challenging when you are stuck in more of a, uh, a victim paradigm. And I don't mean that in the bad way. Just me, It just looks to you like things are happening at you or to you. It's like the world is against you. Your circumstances seem to be against you. And this is a, a really challenging place to be. It's a place I knew very well for, for a number of years in my life. And it is. It's like, you, you know, whatever paradigm you're in, whatever reality, version of reality you're in, it feels very real. And if somebody tells you from that point of view, hey, that's not really what's happening. You know, all these things are here as a gift and a challenge. You're going to, you know, flip them a bird and be like, well, I have a box here of evidence that supports my view, right? And that's how we all are. We all have a point of view and then we have like a box full of evidence that supports our view. And wherever we go, we carry our supportive evidence around. Even if that evidence is harming us or giving us a negative experience, we somehow seem to fight for it desperately. And I would argue, or at least assert here, that the reason we fight for it so desperately is because this is how your subconscious is programmed. It's not your fault that it's programmed that way. These subconscious programs, patterns, strategies were developed at a very young age and they supported you surviving. They supported you trying to acquire safety in an environment that didn't make you feel safe. And at that time, those strategies may have worked or at least maybe worked one time. But to your brain, what it saw is I did this, I survived and I'm still physically here. And if that's what happened, the brain goes, OK, let's keep doing that. And so you'll walk into relationships with that programming in there and then subconsciously recreate this energy that other people have to kind of play this role with you. And the same kind of things happen over and over again. And it looks like they're doing it to you. But what the brain misses is how you set them up to be that way, how your energetics is set up to have them respond to you. So if you're a victim and you think everything is perpetrating you, then you're going to walk into relationships and expect to have a perpetrator there which kind of subconsciously puts them into that role. And so when we heal this aspect and we come out of the parts that are trying to get this need met that we call a victim mentality or a victim um, paradigm, you'll see that as you shift, they have to shift too. They're always responding to you. It's like a, it's like a mirror. No matter how you move, it's going to move with you. Right. And so, you know, the key thing here is to a learn about responsibility and what that means and do it in a way that doesn't, uh, re-traumatize the system. That's one of the first things that we teach. Okay, is how to take responsibility without re-traumatizing yourself, right? To come out of that fight or flight. And then to recognize a very simple truth. If you keep seeing the same thing in your life over and over again, and I mean, this is the question I'll pose here to the community, you keep seeing the same thing over and over again in your life, what's the common denominator? And then the simple answer is you. You're the common denominator. It is improbable, nearly impossible at a level of mathematics or logic that you are going to keep running into the same kind of people over and over again, or that the same type of situation is going to happen to you over and over again. We live in a multi-dimensional universe of infinite possibility, but for this one person, the things keep happening over and over again. So we want to look at what's the underlying thing that's creating that loop. And what we can point to is that you are emitting a certain type of frequency. It's actually an electromagnetic frequency from your body, from your heart. Your mind is outputting energies and frequencies that are actually riding on these electromagnetic frequencies and that what we're calling reality is really a mirroring of this frequency. 
So it's a, what we call an organic hologram. And it is literally mirroring your frequency back to you. And so it creates circumstances that are attuned and aligned to that frequency. And so most people, when they're trying to change their reality, are externally focused, right? They are working on their circumstances. They are working on their problems and they are trying to fix them. How many of you guys have been trying to fix problems for a very long time? Say I. And then behind those problems, even if you can resolve a problem, what's sitting behind the resolution of that problem? What happens after you resolve one problem? What do you get right after that? What do you get right after that? You get another problem to solve, don't you? And so we've all become really, really, really good problem solvers. But I just want to point this phenomenology. We're spending all our time solving problems and behind it is another version of that same problem. Yeah, so you guys are getting it. So that's not working. And like I said, we're gonna be in the century, we're gonna see this high rise of technology. I think this will also be the, the, the century of energy. And I just don't mean just like energy that we use in our homes and you know fusion and all that kind of stuff. It's gonna be us starting to realize that everything is energy. Consciousness is everywhere. Literally, your walls are, are conscious. Rocks are conscious. Everything has consciousness. And that definition of consciousness has evolved and changed for quite some time. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, like 100, 150 years ago, they named someone dead if they stopped breathing. That was the end of consciousness. Okay. Then they discovered there's this thing called a pulse inside the body. And today, if a person doesn't have a pulse, we say they're dead. However, I don't know if you guys know this, but we have people who don't have a pulse, claim to have near-death experiences, and then come back and the body begins to animate again. So did they die? Or did the consciousness just shift in that moment and then come back into the body? Or you know, maybe that's how we would see it, but maybe just the energy dispersed and then reorganizes and so on and so forth. And I think we're going to have, you're going to see this ongoingly now where we continue to redefine and evolve our understanding of what it means to be conscious, right? Because a few hundred years ago, people treated animals like they had no consciousness, no emotions, uh, like they weren't having a type of experiences that humans can have. And so we could slaughter them without any burden to us or any empathy on our part. And today we know that's that's total nonsense, right? Like we we see these animals having extraordinary empathy out in the wild and even with people having extraordinary empathy and stuff like that. So it's on us to begin to understand that we are not separate from this animal nature and, and we are not separate from this nature at all. In fact, we are, we are of it. We are sourced from it. We are evolved from it. And that part of being a mammal, part of being an animal means that you learn through and discover your world through energetic signaling. Okay. Every parent knows this. They are exchanging energy signals between their, their young, right? And this is how we can understand what our babies want. And at the same token, this is how our babies are perceiving their environment. And so if a baby has an environment that energetically is in dysregulation or has or a lot of people around them are stuck in a fight or flight response, the baby is mapping that energy onto their body and their nervous system is, is slowly learning to be dysregulated as well because it's just mimicking the environment. It has to do that in order to perceive survive in that environment okay and this is what happens to pretty much everyone on planet earth we're in these environments our parents are in like high stress modes the baby goes into a high stress mode and and the caregiver's job truly is to uh be witness of the child be present with the child and and help the child down regulate their nervous system when they go into a heightened state and when that doesn't happen we go from being able to repair our nervous system into states of disrepair and dysregulation and and you can imagine as that happens many times over the years to a child then the system gets stuck so to speak in a state of dysregulation okay and then so that's what's happening inside the body it's like energy is getting bound up there's a lot of con contraction in the system and there's at the level of subtle energy there's actually discomfort in the body and tension in the body all the time all the time okay and so the mind has kind of been given this job to like pay attention to what's happening down here, right? It's like, it's like looking down here. Oh boy. Okay. It's a lot of discomfort today. And it, and it reacts. It, it has to have a reaction 
to that discomfort. And so now we're getting this dysregulated output from our body. We're getting this dysregulated thoughts from our mind. We're externally focused, trying to fix everything and problem solve. And it just feels like we're on a hamster wheel going, going, going. Nothing's getting better. Nothing's getting fixed. And once in a while, we get this ray of hope. Something in our circumstances seem to change. <gasps> okay, it's over. And then, you know, a few days, a few weeks, a few months later, boom, right back into it. Right. And so that's like the band-aid that people see in the hope and the spark that they keep going in, not recognizing that what hasn't really changed is the dysregulation inside the nervous system and that the mind cannot by its nature, literally cannot calm down until the dysregulation has been uh, has been corrected in some way in here. OK, and so the dysregulation is really happening because during your developmental years, your informative years, um, you basically get stuck in that process. There was some need that the child had that was not met. And I'm talking to you, the adult, still as a child, right? Because we're all still technically children. I don't know about you. No one came and knocked on my door. And like when I hit a certain birthday, I was like, congratulations, you're an adult now. There, you know, there was no demarcation of this. It, it's like an idea that we have in society. So the way I like to look at it is this. There are little kids in society and there are big kids in society. And I don't know about you, but most adults I know still act like kind of, you know, infantile. There's not a lot of maturity when they get upset. Right. And if you're like, I'm not this type of person. Oh, yeah. What, what happens the next time somebody uh, tries to run you off the road or, you know, sneaks in front of you on the highway? You tell me that the thing coming out of your mouth sounds like an adult or whatever hand sign you're putting out the window at that time is something you perceive an adult would do. Right. And so you can see how we're all in this highly reactive state, highly reactive state. And this is why when people come to meditate, they sit and the mind is not quiet. And specifically when they come to meditate, the mind is not quiet because in that moment, you are not fixating on something else. You're not distracted by anything else. So when you come to quiet and you sit there and you close your eyes and you take a deep breath, you start becoming aware of your physiology, of the body, of energy inside of you. Now, you don't know you're paying attention to energy because to you, it's just like, I don't feel good right now. I don't know why I'm upset, right? But what's happening is the mind, because there's no stimulus out here, is now focusing inside. And it's starting to notice that discomfort that is always in the system. And so, of course, the chatter begins because everything that's connected to that discomfort, all the memories, all the people who've done you wrong, all the times that you failed, all the this, the, that, the other, right? All these quote unquote negative experiences start to arise because that's what the mind is noticing. And so that's the mind starts articulating and narrating from that specific place. And then you start to argue with the mind and you try to wrangle it and manage it and make it do something, something else, which the mind doesn't like either because it's trying to help you. And now you're agitating it on top of everything and resisting what it's doing. And of course, whatever you resist then persists, right? So again, we want to understand that the source of having a quiet, peaceful, focused, uh, achievement-based mind is not about trying to put training or habituating through willpower on the mind, right? This is what most people do. They use willpower. Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I'll do this. But they can't. Or they can do it for a short period of time and then the other side, quote unquote, wins. Why? Because the other side has a lot more power than you. You've been doing that thing for 38 years. You've been doing this new thing for one day, right? If you've been tying your shoes, I, I did it this last year, so you can try it if you want. If you've been tying your shoes one way your entire life, right? Over, under, around the tree, that whole shebang bang. Try to do it the other way around. Try to loop this one and loop this one. Try to brush your teeth with your left hand instead of your right. And you're going to suddenly realize, holy crap, I'm pretty clunky at this thing. And it's not natural. And you don't know how to do it. And so whatever programming you have inside is the same thing. If you're getting regularly frustrated, that has a lot of juice in your system. That has a lot of neuronal wiring up here. If you're sad all the time, that's a lot of neuronal wiring. And these things are not who you are. However, parts of you, when, get, when they get activated, when they're stressed out, when they're anxious, when they're upset, will use that tool as a way to defend themselves, okay? And so usually what people show you on the outside is really just a defense. 
If I show you a lot of anger outside, that's a defense for the sadness I experienced in my broken heart. And what the reason I'm getting so angry so fast is because something that you said or in this environment is touching this broken heart that my system does not want to experience or feel. And so it get away to protect itself. That's a defense. And this is generally speaking, when you see really angry people, what you're looking at, by the way. Okay. And there's all these different patterns and different ways that people do it. Like people who are overly helpful, right. Are always trying to help everybody else. I know that looks really good on the surface, but there's a pattern underneath people who like to get attention all the time. Right. There's a pattern underneath that. It's that that's the defense is the look at me, look at me, or the I'll help you, I'll help you. That's the defense or the get away, get away from me. These are all defensive things. But underneath all that is the hurt little kid that's trying to get the need met. And so when we say nervous system health or nervous system repair, that's what we're really talking about is how do we meet the need of the system? How do we finish and complete that part of the development that we missed? Okay, and so for those first seven, eight years of life, so to speak, and we develop our whole lives. It never really stops, right? We develop and in different ways at different parts of our life. Even when the body begins to get weak, a lot of uh, aging people will say, well, there's other parts of me I'm discovering because when you lose your physicality, the awareness changes and you can start paying attention to things within you that you never paid attention for. And so the experience changes. And that's part of the beauty of getting older in a physical body is that this evolution continues to happen for us, this growth. But the, you know, the, the fundamentals, the foundation, I mean, is really set in that one to three, but really all the way up to seven to eight. And so when you go through your development, what, we're, what we see is that there are certain ruptures that happen. And those ruptures are a child was trying to get a need met in that moment. The parents were misattuned. The child kind of collapses. And some part of you has to come forward and say, I got this. I will create safety now. Okay. And it's that part that comes forward is ultimately what becomes the first strategy. And then as you continue to apply this strategy, it becomes the pattern and then it goes into your subconscious, becomes completely habituated. You do it so often that it becomes, you don't even see it anymore. Just like when you tie your shoes, you don't really pay attention, but the shoes get tied. It just becomes part of, part of this autonomic system. So we want to be able to bring, bring regulation to the system. And here's how we do that. Okay. Are you guys ready? Great. So all our programs deal with this. Okay. Cause our, our first program is much more, um, delivered inside of the, like in the conceptual in the insight based mindset based type of stuff. However, we started weaving, like we just re-recorded our entire level one training. Uh, so for, for those of you guys who are already in level one, um, the last module will actually be recorded shortly after this training today, but the first five modules are already back there and the old training has been archived for you if you still want to um, watch that. And we realized that we really wanted to start interweaving some, some of this energetics and healing work into our level one work because it feels incomplete without it at this point in time. However, the reason we teach mindset work before anything else is because we still live in an extremely mental world. And the quickest way that you can change or begin to make changes and transform in your life is by understanding this mechanism because it is running out of control. This, this mechanism is running the world the way that it's being run right now. And it's extremely difficult to connect to yourself and to others in any sort of way that feels good when you're constantly in these fight or flight defensive type of strategies. So the first thing we got to do is we got to name it. We got to become aware of it because even if we do healing work with people, and this is what we saw when we started doing healing work intensely with people who didn't have a lot of mindset work or what we call growing up work is that even after they would clear the trauma, they had a tendency to reach back into their past, pull it back in and then put it in their future and start recreating from the present, this trauma again, even though it was just wiped out from the system. And so we're like, okay, look, if we're going to clear this from somebody's system, we got to give them the tools to not do that as well so they can really walk into a new future um, confidently and, be, and know how to deal with any challenging circumstance as it arises, how to actually uh, heal and repair the nervous system. So that's why we focus on that first. And then in our level two, level three work, we, we really focus on energetics, on awareness, on healing, on repair, on co-regulation, on repairing attachment systems, all these things. 
and all that can mean nothing to you. But what you got to know is it, it creates as a byproduct a feeling of safety and well-being in the body. Okay, and and creating safety and well-being is not an insight. You can't be like, oh, I'm not safe. I want to be safe now. Good luck. Oh, I don't feel well. I want to feel well now. Good luck. You have to identify it. You get to identify it through your personal experience of actually healing these ruptures, right, inside your system. And then instead of focusing on safety, well-being, achievement, purpose, and all these things that people ultimately want, they just become natural byproducts of doing this work. And that's what we want to make it. We want to make it easy. Focus on you, focus on what's here right now, and let those things just show up naturally as they do in their own timing. And don't put any pressure on yourself at all, just let it arise, okay? So one of the ways that we can meet the needs of the system is by paying attention to what's happening inside, okay? So for example, I'm, I'm angry, or I'm upset about something, or I'm scared about something. That's gonna have some kind of resonance up here. So if you can just kind of find something in your life right now that upsets you, is stressing you out, or making you fearful. And whoever asked, uh, how do I connect to the live stream? You are, you're on the live stream, as far as I can tell. So find something that you could, that's relatable to you. And then once you found it, just put in the chat box that you found it. So I know. Just say found it. Take a drink while you do that. Cool. Yeah, and you know, everything ultimately relates back to children, right? Somebody wrote that there are small kids and big kids, love what you said. And someone said, um, big guy, love this topic in relation to kids. We're all children. And so we wanna understand we wanna understand ourselves from the point of view of a child, of a of a parent looking at a child. Because you can observe the child in a way that a child can't observe themselves. When you're the child, you're in that experience. So you don't, if you guys notice this, like we don't notice our trauma until we're like in our teen years, right? Part of that I'm sure is hormonal and like the disconnection that we get and trying to find our way and all this kind of stuff. But the other part of it is we finally have lived enough life to look back and now we have enough time with our logical brain, which really only comes online around eight years old. So let's say by the time you're 12 and 14, you've now had like four to six years of your logical side of your brain developing and it can calculate and assess and look at things in a relative way. Like children don't do relativity. They can't, they, you know, if you tell them, hey, that's gonna happen if you keep doing that, their brain literally cannot assess that. That's why if you ever tell your kids stop doing that, it's gonna, this is gonna happen. And then five minutes later, they get, they get hurt. From an adult brain, you're like, I told you, come on. But from a child brain, they had no idea. Like their brain can't do that processing. So I imagine as we get to those more, you know, teenage-ish years, you look back at your life and you can start assessing what occurred to you. And that's where a lot of the, oh my God, I was so traumatized. But when you're in it, you're just going through it. Like I, I've heard people in the worst traumatic situations from adult brain. I'm like, how did you survive that? But when you're in it, you're just in it. Like I, I grew up as an immigrant and it was so challenging for my family, you know, at that time financially and in so many ways. And I don't remember any of that. It was not in my purview whatsoever. However, today, when I look at the challenges I have in my life and like how I, I work too hard, I don't ask for support, you know, uh, money doesn't like fall from you know the, the heavens like it does for some people. I can see that I picked up this programming from my family and it wasn't like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take this uh, negative conversation about money over here. I'll, Oh yeah. Oh no. Life's challenges. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Like it didn't happen that way. Right. It's just like the nervous system picked up on the energy. That was the signaling I was getting. That's what I learned. And then later on in life, as I deal with things, I can see how I can see my programming through the circumstances that I'm dealing with. Right. That's why it's just the mirror is showing you what's inside. The reality is showing you not the circumstances. They're showing you what's going on inside. And so here we are with our, our stressful situation. So what I want you guys to do, again, bring it to mind and just see if you can bring your awareness away from your mind, like drop your awareness down towards the body. So like becoming aware of the body. And generally speaking, we look inside the center channel. We look in here. So we look from like the throat down to the lower belly. And what we normally find is that there is a point of tension or discomfort in the somewhere in the system. Okay. It can be really subtle sometimes. And so one of the reasons people come to work with Elon and myself is because after many years of tracking your own system, 
a quote unquote gift that comes online. And I believe every human being can do this full stop. It's, it's nothing special about what I'm about to say here. There's a phenomenon called me, not me. Okay. What that means is, is that once you are able to track your own energetic body, if I place my awareness on Tracy or um, Alicia or anybody else, I can actually feel a change happening in my nervous system. But because I'm aware where I put my awareness, right? If I put that on, on them, the change that's in my nervous system, what I'm experiencing is their nervous system. And so I can actually pinpoint locate for our clients and students where the tension is in their system and bring their awareness towards it. And there's some other, other stuff you can track as well. And the energetic body, and that's just, that's just what every mammal on planet Earth can do, that none of us have been taught how to do it. But if we had had those lessons since we were kids, we would all be rock stars when it comes to um, reading energy. And this helps you attune to people's systems and to your system in a way that actually opens the system instead of puts it into defense. Okay, and so this is one of the ways that you can learn about your awareness and how to map it and track it is through somebody else's tracking because it's just like a parent, right? A parent knows about things about the world. The child is discovering, bumping into things, hitting things, looking at things, and you point at it and you say, that's a tree. That's the color green, right? Like over and over again. And the child learns to map their world through their direct experience. So when we do healing work with people and your, your higher states of awareness, it's exactly the same. You got to go into the territory of the higher state of awareness. And then somebody who's already located certain things about that can point at certain qualities of that awareness. And you go, oh, yeah, I can feel that. Oh, yeah, I, I am noticing that. And as you continue to do that, you map your own awareness. And that's kind of where I started this whole conversation is once you locate it, you can sit in it. And then start realizing the phenomenology of your awareness. What happens when I sit in awareness? Oh, this happens in my body. Oh, this happens in my environment. Oh, I can really feel that. Wow, okay, that's moving now. Okay, that's metabolizing. And so this awareness allows you to recognize when you're in a defensive process, when a part of you has hijacked you, uh, what to do about that, right? How to metabolize that energy from the system. And it's in that metabolizing that we can go from having a really hyper-reactive mind, like an ADD type of mind, to a completely calm, focused, achievement-based mind. Because the reason the mind gets quiet is because the tightening inside of the system metabolizes. It's not because you teach your mind how to be quiet. That's silly. Like when we, when you do our meditations, we say, don't quiet your mind. Listen to your mind from awareness. Witness the mind from awareness. Become subtly aware of your mind. Become subtly aware of energetics in the body. Become aware of sensation. Become aware of the arising. Yeah, and Tracy said she's been practicing this when it can't go back to sleep. I do the same thing. I just, I just become aware of sensation, and then the body rests and falls asleep. I wear an aura ring, and every day it tells me that I, my sleep score is bad. And the reason for that is my latency score, which basically means the amount of time it takes me to get to sleep, is between three to four minutes every night. And so it assumes that I'm very tired. And the reality is I just know how to go into a restful state very quickly. So I like I open my energetic body, I drop it down into the earth, I open my awareness, thoughts kind of pervade for a moment, then disappear, boom, I'm sleeping and I go into very deep sleep. So yeah, and someone said this is a beautiful concept. And I'm telling you, this is not just a concept. This is a direct experience. So think about this, right, from the point of view of the parent-child relationship. So something happened in the environment, something that scared the child, frightened the child, made the child very sad. And if that, if the parent didn't attune to the child, and by the way, I don't know about you guys, but everyone I've ever met did not have parents that attuned to them very well. Even if you had great parents that were around all the time, chances are they were emotionally and energetically completely misattuned nine out of 10 times. Okay. So and you can tell me if that's true, true or not true in the chat box there. So if the child doesn't get attunement from the caregiver, what that means is the child went into a fight or flight response, right? <gasps> and they're looking for support <sighs> and they want to feel, ah, oh, good. But what happens when the parent is also in a, and then the child comes to the parent and, <sighs> and now both systems are like this. And that's what the child is picking up on energetically and is not learning how to, ah. Uh, 
to go back into rest state. Okay. And this is what happens for people. And so now the system learns and it's, and it gets stuck. And what Elon and I, what science and therapy and psychology called, called trauma, we know from energetics point of view, it just stuck, it just stuck energy inside the body. You have bound up energy that's tight inside of your system. Okay. So in the same way, what would have caused regulation for the child is a parent that's attuned. Hi, baby. Right there with the child. They know how big or how small or where the energy needs to be located because they're feeling the child's system. So they know, oh, shit, I'm too close in. The child's getting afraid. They need a little space right now. <sighs> and if you think about it, when you were with mom and dad or your caregivers, you knew intuitively what kind of attunement you wanted from them. They did not. They couldn't pick up on the signal you were sending. Too busy. And, and of course, they were not taught this, so it's not their fault either. And if you would have gotten that, the child's like, okay, good. And you see this with children. They feel unsafe. They come to the parent. They get safety. They run back out. They get unsafe. They come back to the parent. They get safety. They run back out. And so this is what we do with my, with my kids. I have a four-year-old at home. I have a two-month-old at home. We're constantly attuning to them. It doesn't mean they don't get upset. It doesn't mean they don't do those things. But I can count on one hand, I think, three times that I can remember where, where my son went to like a full tantrum pattern, which is really, really fucking intense. And... I know what my system wants to do, which is dominate and shut it down because that's what was done to me in that situation because parents don't know how to attune. And I could tell you from attuning with my child, even in those moments of very heightened stress, is that after it runs its course, the child becomes unbelievably loving. But if you speak to it and come at it with that same ferocity or avoid or all the other things, those are the moments that create really a lot of disrepair and trauma in, in a child's system. And you're not, you're not to blame for any of this. No, like there's no education on this anywhere in the world that I can tell. And even where there is attunement education, they have the awakened work and they don't have the growing up work. And that's why we as an organization, one of our main missions is to provide both the people is like just to do growing up work, to do the awakened work that I'm describing here and start bringing these two schools together and not keep them isolated from one another. Because when you put them together, it's the most potent transformation I've ever seen for another human being. So what we want to do is we want to, we want to be able to feel into our system where this pattern is, where this tightening is. And then what we want to do is we want to do exactly what we got, what we were expecting to get from our caregivers, which is to get attunement from another nervous system so that we can repair, which really means learn through energetic signaling to repair our own nervous system by mimicking theirs, okay? So the reason people can do amazing work with Elon and myself is we have been doing this for, for years, many, many, many years. And so I'm not saying we're healed human beings, but we've done a ton of repair on our nervous system. And so when people come into our ethos, not only can we track them and help them locate awareness and then show them how to use awareness to metabolize energy in their body, but they can come sit with us or in a group setting with systems that are, are, have done quite a bit of healing work and they can actually mimic energetically and learn and template those nervous systems and re-template their own things. So when they had that need that goes, I'm scared right now, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, which is recreating the pattern, P.S., they have a process that they can sit with another person and that part of you gets that need met through energetic signaling. And then the part finally goes after 30, 40 years goes, oh my God, thank God. And when that happens, a whole bunch of experiences start to happen because there's a release that's been waiting to happen in the system for a long time. And this is what we call metabolizing energy inside the body. And again, it's really no different than metabolizing food inside your body. If you take in food and it doesn't metabolize and it gets stuck in, inside of you, that's called constipation. I promise you, if you're constipated, again, tightening right inside the system, your mind is going to look down and have a pretty harsh reaction to that. It's like, oh my God, something's really wrong. We got to fix it. Blah, 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 right? Now imagine that's happening all the time, but it's happening very subtle at the level of energetics inside the body. And this is what trauma is. There's like little T trauma, there's big T trauma, right? Like the things that you can remember are usually like big T trauma, but you don't remember all the little infractions that happen along the way, hundreds, maybe thousands of times of like just not getting that need met, not getting that need met, not getting that need met. 
And for many people, not getting that need met over and over again, eventually they become so apathetic and resigned to getting needs met that they completely abolish that they have any needs at all. And they walk around and they go, oh, I won't take care of myself. And what they do is they start taking care of everybody else. This is the, uh, the template of the prototypical mother that in society we applaud. We're like, oh my God, look at that mother sacrificing herself for her children and for everyone around them. And they are not seeing the hurt little girl inside that no longer even knows that she has needs on her own that need to get met. And she is trying to resolve her life by meeting everyone else's needs. If I just meet the world's needs, then I'll finally feel safe. And this is kind of how we've gone about it in the world. We wanted people to think, act, and feel exactly the same way in the world. Oh, you need to agree with my version of reality or I don't feel safe. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to put like bump stops on society and say, until we all agree and feel the same and think the same, oh, I'm not going to feel safe. And that's what you see with people. The people who are the most harsh uh, or critical proponents of a certain type of person or sex or religion or people living in a certain way are people who are the most deeply traumatized about that thing. And so they don't feel safe inside of their system. And so what they try to do is work on everybody else because if everybody else sees it their way, they believe that they're going to feel safe. Okay. But that doesn't work. That's like a uh, chewing bubble gum to try to solve arithmetic problems. There is nothing you can circumstantially change outside of yourself. And I'll put the meditation thing back up right now. Since people are asking, there is nothing circumstantially that you can do outside of yourself to make yourself feel safe. Again, safety is a, it's an inner sense. It's an inner feeling. It's the same thing like love. You can't understand love. You can experience love. You can be in and with love. And then trying to articulate what that experience is like is rather difficult. And so we have a million songs about it and all this poetry about it. Is everyone trying to articulate it? So well-being and safety is also, it's a direct experience. It's something that happens to you as you come out of a state of dysregulation in the body. And obviously, if you're more regulated, having a parasympathetic nervous system response, naturally, naturally, you're going to relax more, be in rest, feel safe in the body, and then the mind will calm down. And so in my view, and I don't know this to be true, but a lot of what we're medicating for is just these psychosomatic symptoms of what we're seeing in the body of these high states of tension inside the system. And I think you can track that back to autoimmunity and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so we become extremely reliant. But if you think about medication as a whole, you're taking the pill not to feel, you're taking the medication to avoid. It cuts this from that. And so the mind becomes placid not because you've trained the mind to be placid, but because the mind is no longer receiving signals from the rest of the body up, which is actually rather dangerous. Like you actually need the, you need the body to signal the mind, right? If I have a cell, for example, that's off network, and this is, this is true, so this is scientifically sound what I'm stating. I'm not saying this from my own perspective. This is just studying this is, you know, for example, with leaky gut or, um, you know, highly pesticide food, especially coffee for those of you that drink. It's not the acidity that's really the problem. It's the fact that you're drinking a, basically a, a, a cup of pesticides every morning because coffee is the most high, heavily pesticided food on planet Earth. This is creating leaky gut, which basically means that things can pass through your gut uh, brain barrier and go directly into the brain and affect you. And today we know that the gut has neurons, the heart has neurons, your mind has neurons. This whole thing is one big brain. It's a nervous system brain and it's all thinking together. We know if you mess with your gut health, you are going to be a, a pretty unhealthy person. And so when you mess with that, one of the unfortunate sympt symptomologies of this or side effects of that is that you're breaking down the, com the cellular communication network in your body. And so the cells cannot communicate to the nervous system when they have a need. This is ironic because this is what we're talking about, what happens with dysregulation with people. Again, it works the same way at every scale. And when the cells cannot communicate with the body and they are lacking nutrition, the cell is not getting what it needs to survive. And then in order to uh, save its own DNA, it begins to quickly replicate itself over and over again. That might sound familiar to you because that's what we call cancer. So what happens when we reestablish commu uh, the communication network in the body by healing the gut? 
much more, much less likely to get cancer. And I'm not saying that's the only reason people get cancer. There's so all sorts of environmental stress-related things that happen here, but just as a, a point of view on, on how I've studied it and what seems to make sense for me and that perspective. And so I would say that we operate uh, at the level of society a lot like these cells. When we are disconnected from the network, when we are disconnected from ourselves, when we cannot speak their needs into our awareness, and get resource from this environment, we get sick, mentally sick. And this creates physical ailments as well, because if we're mentally ill, we're, we're bound to create physical ailments within ourselves as well. And so what I named to you guys here today is one of the main practices that we do within the community. And it's why we've established a global community so that when you're in need and you got to get that need met and you're in a process, you can reach out to somebody, raise your hand, say, hey, I need support right now. And you could sit with a person and get the type of attuned awareness that you wanted from mom and dad so the, the need inside the system can get met. And that's what healing and repair really is. It is not a thought. It is not an idea. It's not an insight. It's not a breakthrough. It is a direct felt experience. And what happens is you feel spacious in the body. Generally, there's warmth that arises. We call this the well-being hot tub. You feel energy moving down the legs or out through your crown. And then suddenly you're like, that doesn't seem to be a concern anymore. It just like kind of like disappears, kind of like waking up from a dream. And it makes sense that it would be that way because the dream state and awakened state is just a different frequency of mind. And there are many other frequency of minds that we can train you to get into in order to elicit a healing response in your body. And then this is the unbelievable and incredible divine intelligence of our body is that it literally knows how to heal itself. And you guys see this every day when you cut a finger or you break a bone, your body just brings itself back to homeostasis. You don't sit there. You don't wonder about it. You don't try to problem solve. You, get, you put it in the right environment, it heals, right? You, obviously, if it's infected, not going to heal. If the bone isn't set, not going to heal. But you do that, and then the body takes over. So that's all we're doing here at the level of healing is we are creating environments in which people's needs can get met at the level of energy or what science would call nervous system parasympathetic response. Um, and, and that's it. You start doing that on a regular basis. You completely change the foundation from how you experience and perceive your life. And change is guaranteed. And that's why if you look at our seven-week program, we say transformation here is guaranteed. You do this, it's guaranteed. There's This is just how human beings work. This is, this is how mammals and energy work. So you can't be too broken you can't be too fucked up there's no terrible situation you didn't do anything wrong like it doesn't matter you're just a child like every other eight million eight billion different children on planet earth trying to get their needs met trying to feel safe trying to have well-being trying to have authentic connections with people and these are the things that that fundamentally make a healthy human body make a healthy human brain so these are this is what's on offer here guys if you want to learn about these things above my head somewhere is a link called soulsandseekers.com forward slash forward slash forward slash messenger. Oh, not, not that one. Let me see this one. Um, the QR code's not up, huh? Okay. I don't think that's working for some reason. Anyway, so yeah, uh, soulsandseekers.com forward slash, can't say it there, forward slash messenger. <laughs> And that will give you an opportunity to speak to uh, consultants that work here with us. And something to know about our consultants, besides the fact that they're human beings, so please be nice to them, um, is that they are all people who, who do this work. Okay? Every single one of them. They, most of them have been doing this work for many, many years. So they are, looks like it is working. So they are products of this work. So you're talking to a person who's directly experienced what I'm talking about here. They're not talking out of their out of their butt, so to speak. And so if you uh, click on there and then you go over to our, our messenger, there's a, a short little thing you got to go through with a chat bot. It's going to take you maybe like two, three, four minutes where it just asks you the questions that a person would ask you. But we just automate this process because it's the same questions over and over again. Um, that lets us know a little bit about you, what you're dealing with and how we can support you. And then we're going to send you a video about our level one work. And I'm gonna to explain to you how our entire Ascension model works. Uh, what we do at level one, what we do at level two, level three, and then literally explain to you in plain English, why this stuff is scientifically and biologically sound, why it heals you and you can check it out for yourself. And then you can let us know if that's of interest to you. If you're in, you're out, or you have more questions, 
And so like, yes, the beginning is automated, but every one of those conversations is assigned to a, a real person. So there are three people behind the scenes managing all those conversations. That's Mel, Tobias, and, and Corey. You guys see them in videos uh, here in the newsfeed as well. And so you are going to talk to a real person. So, you know, if, if for some reason you get flustered with the chatbot, just say, I want to talk to someone, no problem. But if you can, please answer those questions and uh, watch the video beforehand. And that would be uh, your way into enroll into any of our programs, or at the very least, get information about what it looks like to join our programs. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say this before I go, you know, people are in a lot of different financial states. There are people who can join our programs. They're no problem at all. Some of you guys are, are, are in a challenging place around your finances. You got you to gotta realize that some intervention needs to happen, especially if this is an ongoing, long problem that you've had. Okay, like, like money has just shown up in your life as an issue. Again, you are the common denominator. That might be difficult for you to hear with where you're at. And something's got to move that needle. Something's got to shift that conversation. Something has got to change the way the output signal from your body is working because money is really just a measure of how, how much support you can receive. And most of us are diabolically bad at receiving support. And so it reflects in our reality, the money does not show up to support us. I cannot tell you how many times in my life the money wasn't there. And I was looking at a program and I thought in the first, what I learned over the years is instead of asking how much, the first question I get to ask is, do I wanna do this thing? If the answer was yes, I installed the philosophy called figure it out. Right. So I would just figure it out, whether that meant going to friends and family or asking for a loan or whatever it might be, because I understood that investing in myself was going to pay off over my entire lifetime. So we have ways to support you in terms of payment plans. We even have a, 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 a financing partner that can get you interest free loans for 18 months to pay for these programs. So we have a lot of ways to get you in. And so don't make money be your first consideration. Find out if you want to do the program first. Am I a yes to doing this program? If you get to, I want to do this program, but you got to pay attention to what comes after that, but because whatever comes after that, but money, time, health, whatever it is, my children, you use that excuse a lot to not do experiences that could fundamentally change your life or to take that trip or to get married or to say no or to break up or whatever it is, like these really important choices that you get to make. And that butt is running your life. And you really got to sit with how long am I going to let that happen? Because tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. And way too many people live inside of a one day, someday context. Like one day, I'll get to that. One day may never arrive. And in my experience, when people live that way, decades go by before they intervene on their behalf. And so if you are somebody right now, you know, who's feeling an urgency, a calling to transform, to learn this work, whatever it might be, right? You might be like, I need to repair, I need to heal, or like, fuck, I've been doing work forever, but what you're talking about here, I've never heard about before. I want to upgrade my business, my life, my relationships. We're here to serve you guys in whatever capacity we can. And you got to deal with your life in a real and honest way. You got to deal with your circumstances in a real and honest way. And so like, if you want to make changes, I guarantee you this work is going to work for you. And you still have to show up and commit and put something at stake to make this important enough for you to show up and do this work because I cannot do this work for you. My brother can, my consultants can, and my coaches cannot do it for you. Okay. And one of the ways you put something at stake is that you make an investment in yourself. So I promise you, if you make an investment in a Udemy course for $97, you're going to treat it like a $97 course. I've, I've paid $15,000 a month for a coach. Okay. And so I'm, I'm, I, we put our money where our mouth is also over the years. And I can tell you that when you pay, whatever you pay, you're going to pay attention at the level that you invest in something. Uh, hands down. Okay. So you guys have a bunch of free resources. You're welcome to check them out. If you're really serious about making a change in your life, it feels urgent for you. Here's my calling. Figure it out. Come talk to our consultants. See if it's a fit first and foremost. If it's not, like if you don't want to do something, it would be stupid to do it. And in the same token, if you really want to do something, it would be stupid to not figure out a way to get that done. Okay. And, and in the figuring it out might be a breakthrough. I cannot tell you how many times people have said yes to programs and then the money has showed up over and over again, because the universe meets you where you're at. When you show a desire and intention to have something, the, the response is very fast. 
and you have no idea what's looming around you right now waiting to support you, but you got to, you got to say yes first. And that's why I'm giving you a little coaching here is don't let like, look at it first, see if you feel it's valuable and aligns with your values and where you want to go. And then if it's a no, that's perfectly fine. However, if it's a yes and you still have circumstances that make it challenging, figure it out. Okay. I love you all. Thank you for your time and attention. Um, we look forward to uh, having conversations with you, those that are interested, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Hope you enjoy the conversation. All the love to you and your family. Bye, guys. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.